Blog Talk Radio. All right, everybody, thanks for joining the SBP, where we talk sports, hip-hop, and whatever we feel like talking about. Um, you can join the Facebook group. Please do that, the Sports Bar Podcast. We have a lot of fun doing all of those things. Coming to you this week, we got a mixed bag. We're going across uh, quite a few sports. Um, but let me introduce myself. If you don't know, I'm your boy, Prime, uh, one half of the dynamic duo. And on the other half, I have my main man, Source. What up, homie? Bruh, this has been the craziest week in a long time. Like, news-wise, entertainment-wise, just generally speaking, this has been a crazy week. Like, I don't even know what to say, bro, but I'm glad we made it to this good Sunday to talk about all these things, and uh, glad to be here. How you feeling? I'm good, man. I'm good. We're recording this, man, on a beautiful early Sunday morning. Um, I'm up, and, and uh, once again, I didn't have my, my Raisin Bran Crunch. I, I No coffee this time, though, bro. <laughs> Learned my lesson last time, uh. but uh, <laughs> I had the Raisin Bran Crunch, brother. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling real, real good, man, real, real good. Ready to get into this, man. Um, there's a lot to talk about. There's a whole lot to talk about, man. But I guess if we want to go ahead and hit the uh, the hot topic because it's fresh, like the uh, – what's the joint they have on the donut? Like the, what's it, uh, the light is on at the uh, – Fresh uh, light. Fresh. Krispy Kreme? The fresh light? Hot, hot, hot sign, hot donut sign. <laughs> the hot donut sign on that. Well, we talk about donuts. And, uh, man, whew, what's going on, man, with those cats down in Golden State, man? They have now lost three games in a row to the Houston Rockets, man. Is there need for concern in Golden State? That's a that's a good question, for real. I mean, the general consensus is there's no need for Golden State to worry about anything ever because they have – you know, the Fab Five of the NBA. And I can understand that. But if you take a moment and just look back at last year in the uh, Western Conference Finals and how things really could have gone the other way and Houston really, like, they were legit on the verge of going to the finals, beating Golden State without Chris Paul healthy, you know. That kinda kinda gives you an idea of how Houston is approaching this thing because Houston seems to not care. Like they don't have any fear of Golden State and then Golden State will not be able to just lay their jerseys out there and beat Houston. It might work against everybody else, but not Houston because Houston already thinks they're better than, than the Warriors anyway. I think a lot of those cats that were on that squad last year for the Rockets have a chip on their shoulder because they really think that uh, they really feel like they would have beaten Golden State last year if they'd have had their full arsenal. And so normally, I'm with a lot of people, though, man. I used to say, man, nah, Golden State just going to turn this thing on once playoff time hits and everything else will be gravy. But two things are kind of alarming to me. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that second time they played, Chris Paul didn't play, did he, if I remember correctly? Uh, I don't remember, but he, I mean, he missed, I don't think he, he did for 20 some games. So it's a good yeah. chance that he didn't. Yeah. They were on the court the first time together. Paul and Harden were on the court the first time they played. 
I'm 99.9% sure that uh, Chris Paul did not play that second game in which uh, Houston won. I believe that game went to overtime, out of fact. It was like a one-point game or something like that, if I remember correctly. And then we have last night where there is no James Harden. So should there be need for concern? I'm, I'm beginning to think maybe so. And then we started to see some chinks in the armor. Um, I don't know if you caught the cameras kind of panning around the Golden State uh, as they were on the court and on the bench, but, you know, Boogie Cousins and uh, Kevin Durant seemed to have a few disagreements about who should have been where, who should have passed the ball, you know. And we, we started this already, and we haven't even gotten into the playoffs. So normally I say no, but I do think there could be a cause for concern under all those circumstances. Agreed. The the difference with Golden State, of course, the, the talent level went up when you added Demarcus Cousins to the lineup, but the mm-hmm. the uh, fluidity kind of takes a hit for a second. We see that still being worked out. Now, the the thing I will mention that I never I didn't really think about. I heard uh, mentioned on NBA TV is the defensive alignment and, and Cousins' ability to to move his feet and and be a uh contributing part of the, the defense when it's when it's moving, when it's rotations and picking rolls and all that type of stuff. And looking at a team like Houston, one would think if you're looking at the the five with cousins on the floor against uh, only, and this is only against Houston, uh, Golden State only against Houston. If you have Harden with the Rock, it doesn't matter who's guarding them if you go pick and roll, right? Pick and right. roll with Capella, Cousins has to come up. Or pick and or, or uh, CP3, pick and roll with Capella, and Cousins has to come up. That leaves either. Uh, Steph on Capella rolling to the bucket, right. or and I'm, I'm not really concerned about about Clay being on Capella as much. I mean, Clay's the bigger and plays you know top notch defense, but you still got Harden against Cousins or Paul against Cousins, and when it's when it's Paul with the pick and roll, it's Paul against Cousins and Capella against Curry. In a seven-game series, or you know, a, a series in the playoffs, those type of uh, matchups are going to be more prominent. And as much as we see Harden for forty percent usage and all that type of stuff between him and Paul and pick and rolls, like that's going to be all day, every day. Like we're not doing much anything else. Y'all go stand in the corner. Uh, <laughs> Tucker, Gordon, y'all stand in the corners on the elbow. CP3. Or Harden had a rock at the top, pick and roll with Capella, and make uh, Cousins have to play defense. And that's when Steve Kerr is going to have to make a decision. Do I go with Cousins? Do I slide Cousins out and bring in Iggy like we've done for the past two years and rock that way and let Steph or, uh, not Steph, excuse me, let, let KD or Draymond deal with Capella? Mm. Because that is a much better matchup if you have to switch to Harden than dealing with uh, Boogie going out there. Mm. 
Awesome breakdown. I hadn't even got to that point yet, man, but you nailed it. And I can see all of that visually, man. And it definitely could be some problems. Definitely be, uh, could be some decisions or would be some decisions that would have to be made um, if we got to that point to meet uh, with them meeting in the playoffs, man. That's deep like it. Give me a boy IBX uh, deep. Deep like the mind of Minolta. That's deep, bro. Um, <laughs> also, also, I will say this on behalf of the Rockets. I do like the uh, the intensity they play with in these games, man. It was, that was more evident last night just watching your boy P.J. Tucker. And we know P.J. Tucker is an active guy, uh, pretty much known for playing, uh, you know, pretty good defense, man. But he, if you go back and watch all these games, he almost like he, he feels like he has to give a little bit extra. He was all over the court last night. Even made some, you know, a couple of clutch buckets. I was like, okay, PJ, I see you, bro, I see you. But he was all over the court, man. And it's just like the whole team's intensity level seems to go up even more when they play uh, Golden State. Now I don't know if it's just because they feel that it has to be that way, which is probably the case, or is it just the fact that at least two of those uh, first, you know, those last three games that they were missing somebody and somebody else had to step up. And they needed that because there were a couple of bonehead plays in that game last night. I tweeted last night on late in that game um, on the kickout, what in the world was your boy Eric Gordon thinking about pulling that, you know, pulling that trade, man? <laughs> when they could have the back the joint out, set up, run a little more time. They about to open the door for these cats. And at first, I'm sitting there like, ain't nobody going to say nothing to this dude. But the homie, CP3, did not let me down. When I saw that camera angle, he walked up on him. So it's like, like when the cat's walking up, a gang member walking up the cat in Compton, right? He walked up yeah. to him and looked at him like, bro, what are you doing? I was like, if anybody's going to have my back, I know it's got to be CP3, the outspoken CP3. And CP3 let him know. Facts, indeed. And that was also mentioned by our SBP member Marvin Dabney. <laughs> he actually said, uh, if you don't want him to shoot it, why you give him the ball? I mean, it ain't like it's a <laughs> devil in a blue dress. <laughs> devil in a blue dress and, and mousy. <laughs> if you ain't want him to die, why you leave him outside with me? <laughs> but, but, you know, yeah, I understand. But, I mean, Eric Gordon has no better that, you know, especially when it comes down to playoff time. Oh, and I, two, one other thing. Shout out to, to Ken Three, the animal. He started in yes, place sir. of Harden. 20 points, 10 yes, boards. Sir. And you had so you had Fareed, uh, Tucker, and CP3 all with double-doubles. Tough. No doubt. Definitely tough, man. And since you brought Fareed up, I'm going to mention it. Um, are you surprised at how well he's played in general this season, man? Maybe when Capella was out. Even when Capella was out. I mean, it was an admirable job on a lot of those nights by Fareed, man. I mean, the whole team as well. But Fareed is kind of like, uh, you know, being with this squad and getting the PT this year is kind of taking him back, uh, made him a little bit younger for a little bit, I should say. Look like a little bit of younger than Kenneth Reed used to see back in the uh, you know back in the day, man. Um, I take my hat off to the dude. You like the way he's playing, though? Absolutely. I, I actually during the game last night, I was I was thinking, 
where has this been in the past two? I think it's been two seasons. In the past two seasons, I don't know if it's that he. I mean, he didn't play as much, but I don't know if it was due to injury or if it was partially due to emergence to the emergence of uh, the Joker in Denver. Because right. I mean, he came in and he had to play. Like he had to play. So I don't know what it was, but this was the perfect situation. Capella getting hurt, uh, Reed coming to Houston. He's he's Capella with a better shot, a little smaller, but with a better shot. Neither of them plays like good defense one on one, but they both right. uh, are in the mix, and they both you know not afraid not afraid to mix it up. So I think that's a great addition. I didn't know what they would be able to do with both of them, but shoot, right. if they can do that last night. I mean, P.J. Tucker might see a little less time if Reed get out that joint. Then you got two bigger bodies with Reed and Capella at the same time. Shoot, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's tough. Yeah, you're talking about the cat. If you look over his career, he's always been right around about a 12, 11, 12 point per game performer. Um, now, he's only had limited time with the Rockets, but he's averaging, in that limited time, he's averaging about 16 points. His boards are pretty much the same, give or take a board. And he's even... He's not shy to pull the three. Now he hasn't taken as many attempts, but he's hitting close, you know, hit close to half of his attempts this year when he's pulled it out. And that's part of D'Antoni's offense. He's going to uh, want any and everybody who is able to pull a long ball to go ahead and try to pull one, um, as long as they keep the ball moving. But um, yeah, just kind of resurgence for him, and then I think it's going to pay real dividends for him once we get in these playoffs. It's just a matter of where they sit, where they finish, and of course. Um, if we get to see him again and this team again against the Warriors, which I believe we are all hoping. And we hope we not cheated this year, so we hope we get a full arsenal for both teams. No doubt, no doubt. All right, so sticking with basketball, the next biggest story, well, still probably the biggest story of the week. It's just not as recent. We go back a few days. Flooded the Internet. Your boy Zion blew out the shoe. <laughs> and then the big thing has been for everybody in the debate has been, should Zion sit out the rest of the season and protect himself with that major, major payday or the first of major paydays that he's going to get in the uh, NBA, or should he just go ahead and play, man? All I can think is um, who had the song? Wild Out, was it the locks? Wild yeah. Out. I feel like blowout. That's all I can hear when I think about his shoot. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> blowout. Anyway, that's a great question. Should he, should he play or should he sit? I think it comes down to who, from what angle we're looking at it. I, I mean, if you are Zion and you want to play, play. I have no problem with playing. I think that, I mean, he's honoring the commitment even though getting injured and uh, was probably not part of the deal. You know, he, nobody was expecting this, but things happened. But honoring commitment, finishing out the season, cool. But if he said, you know what, bro, I'm good. I'm going to go ahead and just go ahead and wait. I don't understand why anybody would be mad at that. I don't understand. The only people that could be mad are fans. But they're not thinking about it from his health or his future, they're thinking about it from a selfish, you know, to me, they're thinking about it from a selfish point of view 
of what they want to see. And that's understandable. We all want to see the best play and against the best, and we want them to compete and blah, blah, blah. There is nothing you can gain at this point if you're Zion Williamson. Nothing you can gain by playing. You're not going to get a higher pick, be picked higher, because you're already going to be number one. You're not going to get more money. You're not going to get a, a shoe deal, because you're already going to get a shoe deal. There is no value <laughs> There's no actual value to him playing for himself in real life, like outside of this basketball, compete, blah, blah, blah. No. Let's look at it in real life terms. There's nothing he can gain from playing. Nothing. But if he wins a championship, great. But so what? That's not going to change his financial situation. He's still going to be a legend at Duke if he never touches the court again. He's still going to be a legend at Duke. So there's no value to him playing, but... I hope he plays. And shoot, they go to Tech on Tuesday, and my daughter Kelsey, who who cheers at Tech, we talked about this last week. We talked about it Tuesday. Uh, Zion was coming to town. She was like, "Yep, I'm gonna yell at him <laughs> when he's on the court." <laughs> Thursday morning, she's disappointed. I'm like, "Yeah, he might not rock, you know." But he didn't. He didn't play yesterday. But the word is, he still wants to play. So. Hmm. I'm I'm trying to figure out when did it not become the dream? Like at what point to win an NCAA title? Like I remember coming up, man, and I think you would probably agree with me. We, we both still enjoy college basketball, but when you grow up with your childhood memories and and the teams and the things, you know, you you and I were fortunate enough telling our age to be young cats around the time that the. Uh, Jordan and the Tar Heels, which I hated, but you know they, you know they were out there and they won a title. We got, you know, we were out there. We remember the uh, the Georgetown and Villanovas and and all that. It seemed like back then the dream was to win an NCAA title. That's what we remember. And so I remember as a young kid. I'm gonna be perfectly honest with you. I can't speak for you, but yeah, I loved the NBA growing up. And I thought about, man, and I wish I was that good, that I could play in the NBA. Maybe when I grow up, I could play in the NBA. But my, I was focused on college and winning that title. I was thinking about the, the Othell Wilsons. The, you know, I was a Anderson Hunt fan. I was thinking about Anderson Hunt maybe hitting the big three to win it. You know what I'm saying? I, uh, Sherman mm-hmm. Douglas, one of my favorite all-time college players. I was thinking about Sherman possibly getting the ring, him possibly getting that shot. And that was the dream. Nowadays, on the court with the players, and even more so off the court with the fans, it's all just about the money and what somebody should do. Because if I'm Zion, me personally, I'm doing what my heart tells me to do. And I kind of feel like he's the cat that wants to get paid, but I kind of feel like Sword City also came to do because he knew we have a chance to win a title. He did make the comment. I saw somewhere um, he was quoted as saying that I would have gone to Duke, you know, regardless of any circumstances, even if there was we were allowed to go straight from high school to the pros. I would have gone to Duke. Maybe it's only for one year. But I'm just trying to figure out when did this whole thing change, when it got to be more about the money than winning a title. Uh, well, I, and and I I totally understand that. 
and as growing up, college basketball was definitely a bigger deal to me than the NBA. Like, by far, I didn't care about the NBA nearly as much as I cared about college. Like I told you before, I used to play the games yep. in the house with the trash can and the stats and all that <laughs> <laughs> for all the college seasons. And even up to playing Coach K, and he was stats on that joint, you know, running whole seasons, keeping stats with different people. So definitely college basketball uh, was a bigger deal for me. And I'd imagine if it was for these young people as well. And I, it's, it maybe it still is today. But with players leaving after one year, college teams changing every season. You never know what you're going to get. Uh, a lot of times, you know, players leave. Much less do you see four year out of uh, a bigger D1 player, a bigger, you know, bigger name D1 player, because the ultimate goal is to get money. Now, if I'm taking a chance of of missing out on millions or changing my whole lineage of my family, changing their whole financial state, that I mean, that's it right there. Like that is people don't go to college. People, well, we go to college. People go to college to go to college sometimes. But the the point of college is to find a career and go get paid as much as you can normally or help the world, whatever you want to call it. Basketball is about <laughs> doing what you want to do and getting this money. What happens, like, just, just out of curiosity, what happens if he gets hurt and his career is not the same <clears throat> because he played in college when he didn't have to play? Who, I mean, nobody's going to give him $100 million to be Hey, it's Zion Williamson. He used to be great. <laughs> Eight million dollars <laughs> from Boys of London ain't gonna cut it. So, in real life, to you me, you don't think so? Eight million? Eight million? Hundred million? Mm-hmm. No, not the same thing. <laughs> not the nah, same thing. I mean, no, nah, it, it's not. It's not. But what I'm saying, you couldn't live off of eight million dollars. Wow. Well, but I, I mean, that's, I think that would be, can I live off of $8 million? Cool. Can my family live off $100 million is a whole different world. That's a whole different planet. And these are opportunities that black people in this generation have more than black people two generations back. Like, there was no two generations back, we can live off our family or we can live off a, a legacy money, you know, wealth as opposed to being rich. $8 million makes me rich. $100 million and being able to pass it down to someone else makes a legacy. So, that's a little no, I get it. I, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. And I'm with you. I'd much rather have the $100 million or close to $200 million he could amass in just NBA contract before his career is over. I, I'd rather have the 80 million dollar or whatever they're going to pay me in shoe contracts. I get it. I'm with you on that. But at the very worst, what I'm saying is, if your heart, and of course there'll be some woulda, coulda, shouldas, but if your heart is really into college basketball and you're in a position to possibly, possibly win, I'll just say you're in a position to truly contend for a national championship at a prestigious university, I'm going to go for it. Like, let's, let's be honest. 
I remember reading something a while back uh, that the average American, working class American, making what they call a fair salary, whatever that is, or probably make a little over a million dollars in their lifetime in mm-hmm. earnings. Okay, the average. So that puts the average household, let's just say around about, I don't know, what, $2 million? All right, in their lifetime. I'm pretty sure, now this is, I'm smart with my money. I'm pretty sure, Source, that at $8 million, not only could I be happy, but I could at least make sure my immediate family could live for a little bit and be good. Off of $8 million is all I'm saying. Yeah, I'm with you. I'd rather have that $100 mil. You know what I'm saying? And 100 plus mil. But if I truly love the game, me personally, and I got a chance to play at a dream university like Duke or me as a kid and watching UNLV. So back then it probably was UNLV or, or you know, Syracuse or something like that. I don't know, man. Me personally, I'd probably be tempted knowing I had at least that eight mil to possibly fall back on. I'd probably chance it. Yeah, well, and then, <laughs> you know, everybody's different. But, yeah, 8 million, and about my, I'm just saying 100 million just as a number that's big. Oh, yeah. But, I don't know, you know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all it's all, <laughs> it's all, it's all All comes down to money. Hey, but look, man, before we peel up off this Zion joint, man, I, I know you was, uh, you was busy a lot last week, man, but the memes, man, the Zion memes. And I was kind of cautious with them because, first of all, I didn't know how serious it was. Last week. I didn't want to be serious. Why would I? You know, my NBA team has somewhat of a shot of acquiring this dude uh, through the draft, uh, the draft, the draft lottery. But, man, some of these memes were crazy. And I kind of pat myself on the back because I – not saying that everybody saw what I did, but the second I saw it, I couldn't let it go, and I had to post a little Calvin Cambridge joint. First thing came to mind when I saw that shoe explode, and I put it in the group. Cats were eating it up. Man, like 15, 20, maybe 30 minutes later, I'm checking all over social media. A lot of cats had the same idea. The first thing they thought about was little Calvin Cambridge blowing the shoe out, in like Mike, mm-hmm. man, and the job was hilarious. And then cats come back the next morning. We're talking about next time to show uh, Zion Duncan with a pair of Tims on. Like the yeah. meat was off the oh. chain, bro. <laughs> the yeah. meat was off the chain. That joint killed me, yo, because I didn't. I mean, I just looked at him at first, and then my eyes kind of peeled down to the shoes, and I saw the Tims, and I was like, wow, <laughs> that was greatness. The Calvin Cambridge joint, of course, you know, like Mike, that was hilarious. But but that I saw the Tim's joint, I was crying. I was crying. I was like, yeah, ain't ain't no problems in them joints. Yeah, like uh, I was like, wow, man, like dude, we already knew it was coming. Like social media is is you know we are the internet is undefeated. We'll never be beaten, bro. The internet is <laughs> undefeated. Matter of fact. The internet might be the only thing that's greater than Mike, for real. Like, you know, cats argue about whether it's Mike the GOAT, you know what I'm saying? No, the internet right. is the GOAT. It's straight up. Montana ain't the GOAT. You know, we talk about well, the internet is the GOAT when it comes to everything, especially sports. So, 
But yeah, hey. man, I just thought that it's hilarious, bro. Have you ever, have you ever played ball with a dude rocking Thames? I did. I did. Yeah. We went to yeah. we were up at uh, we were up in Rockwood one day. Up at Rockwood yeah. one day and and sitting there. So a couple of cats had to peel out and leave and there was two cats well it was a couple of cats just stay on the sideline. I don't even know if dude initially intended to come up there and play. I was kinda confused. I'm gonna tell you what's even crazy about this, right? He had on a regular T shirt. I can remember like it was yesterday. An all white tee. He had on some gray sweats. And some Timbs. And the crazy joint was, it's like, all right, we're just going to run it four on four. So the other dude, this other cat was sitting on the sideline, was just like, I'm still kidding. He's like, now I want a ball, I want a ball. He said, we're going to need one more if you want a ball because two is enough. So one of the cats on the court pointed, he said, what about you? And I was like, did, this, did they see what this dude got on? Dude, so yeah, that's <laughs> bad, that's bad. <laughs> that's bad. Next thing I know, dude took his earphones off, took his scully hat off, it was on the court with a ball in Tim's. Yeah. Wait. Okay. Yeah. He he so he, he took his hat off. He he you took like you off. really you remember? Okay. But I'm just the reason I'm asking is because anybody uh, who played at Rockwood regularly listening to this, uh-huh. they already know who this person is. Except <laughs> except you said he took his hat off. If he took his hat off, took hat it's off. not the same guy. Yeah. It's okay. not the same guy. Because anybody listening that knows me, that they, played at Rockwood, y'all know I'm thinking about hats. There's a guy we saw a hat. <laughs> he always had a hat on. And I remember him wearing Tim's more, more than once to bowl. So definitely <laughs> shout out to Hat because Hat used to hoop. Like he had that <laughs> mid-range shot. Yo, he used to bowl. He used to be out Rockwood there on the record. But yes, multiple times he came out there with the Tim's on. Whew. Shout out. Shout out. All right, man, some other things happen in the sports world, man. And I guess one of the next big things, we got to talk about Manny Machado getting that $300 million. I don't think anybody was shocked that he got the money because it already had been floated out there. I think a lot of people were shocked at the team that gave him the money. He stayed out in San Diego, and we were hearing all this stuff about all these other teams, the Yankees making a bid for him. Uh, possibly he wanted the Yankees to get him. Uh, we, t- we heard about he and uh, Bryce, who we'll mention in a minute, one of them maybe ended up in Chicago. There were some other names floated out there. But I don't know about you, Source. I don't quite remember hearing San Diego out there before it went down. Yeah, I don't remember hearing anything about San Diego with, uh, with Machado at all. And the fact that he went there, my first thought was, well, my first thought was, what? <laughs> but then I was like, isn't San Diego like one of the worst hitters parts in the league? And I mentioned that to uh, to a friend, our, you know, our guy, uh, Allen. And he said that the Padres actually moved the, are moving the uh, defense in a little bit. Now, I don't know how much that helps overall, but with with Petco, that's Petco, right? Yeah, with Petco mm-hmm. being a uh, uh, pitcher's part, generally speaking, one would think that a big hitter like uh, like Manny wouldn't go there with all the options he had. But when you look at the lineup, I mean, eh, 
just adding that one name it makes quite a difference when you look at Eric Cosmer and uh, Will Myers. You throw uh, Manny in that joint. It's like, hey, okay, all right. I can see. I can see a little something there. Well, the question would be, how much are we talking? Like, you've been on this dude for the long haul. And I guess you better, in my opinion, you better be ready to ride him for the long haul. Because while you mentioned some great names, and we can see more runs coming out of that ballpark and even on the road with them, they still only won 66 games last year, which was, if you look at the top of the division, the top of the West, was the Dodgers won 92. So the Dodgers won almost 30 more games than the San Diego Padres. Um, matter of fact, the next closest team to them in, you know, in the West was the Giants, and the Giants still won, what, seven more games than they did? So mm-hmm. this better really be for the long haul because I can't see a batter, any batter of any squad, as much as we might like them coming in and him alone making – enough of an impact that's going to improve that's going to improve a team I think 10 games 10 games is being generous to be, to be honest with you most times we see a batter come to a squad and they may improve three games three three or four games you know winning a close one that they couldn't win the season before because they were able to get that extra run in we see more impact sometimes with pitchers than we do with batters and that's kind of strange right. to say because a pitcher a starting pitcher doesn't pitch, you know, every night. You know, starters in a hitting lineup, you know, they, they hit and they play almost every night outside that occasional rest day or two. So I got mixed feelings about this. I got, I got real mixed feelings about this. I think it's great for San Diego, and I really like Manny. But look at the money they gave him and the money they just gave your boy last year. What did he get, um, Holmes? Was it? it was eight years, like a buck forty-four, I believe, something like that. Mm-hmm. They really got to watch their money because they still going to have to find a way to get premium pitching. Um, they have to get some, you know, still have to find a way to, to you know, make their fielding a little bit better. It looks like Manny's going to play at third base, which a lot of people question whether or not is he really a good third baseman? I don't see anything wrong with him, but you had people question him. Could he, was he, you know, could he play shortstop? So I don't know, but I think you're treading some dangerous ground with this short. Then I heard something earlier in the week on a couple of different networks, and I don't know how true it is, so I'm not even trying to put it out there, but they are swearing up and down on some media outlet that the Padres have not ruled out finding a way to speak with Bryce Harper still. Hmm. Well, I mean, if if that was the case, then I'd be like, that's real. Like, I, I ain't mad at you. I ain't mad at you. But on all accounts that I've seen probably within the last, uh, well, since, since last night, I'll say, it looks like, which I guess we've heard this before, it looks like, Harper's supposed to sign a deal in in Philly tomorrow, but mm-hmm. I think we've heard we've heard this before. Like we've heard this days before, so Two, I think it's all ago. still still a fluid fluid situation. And uh, if Houston, I mean, excuse me, if San Diego is is going after it, hey, go big or go home. Yeah, I think, man, where would they get that money from? Or well, they must not plan on doing anything <laughs> else for the next. <laughs> like the next forever. 
You know what I'm saying? Look, we're just going to get folks to the ballpark. And, and, and I get yeah. it with this Manny. I'm not a Manny hater. I like Manny, actually. You know, 37 dingers last year. Maybe this is just more about not only the long haul, but getting the fans to come back to the ballpark, you know, another face that the kids and the fans could love and, and come and cheer for. So I get it. I get it. Uh, attendance has been dwindling across all sports over the past few years, and I guess if you can get more butts in the seat to make that money, to make those concessions, I'm all for it. I'm all for the dude, and I'm rooting for him. And me telling you that, me sitting there talking about what the Padres did or didn't do, I ain't going to lie. When the new uh, MLB, the show, come out, I'm going to give him a little run. See, you know what I'm saying? Just, just, off, <laughs> just off of GP. So I'm not down in the squad. But I just don't see this move propelling them to anything major, especially dealing with the type of teams they have to deal with. You know, even the Giants. The Giants were rumored to have interest in him. They were also rumored to have interest in uh, Bryce Harper as well. So if there was one team that could possibly swoop in last minute before this Philly deal gets signed, it could be the Giants. I mean, we all know where Bryce from. Bryce from Vegas. And we already seen that uh, there were rumored sightings of the uh, the Giants GM in Las Vegas. We know that the Philly GM did fly out to Vegas. Uh, and I guess folks were thinking he went out there to talk to Bryce. So I don't know. We'll see what it is. But, uh, yeah, I think we all expecting on the Bryce Harper front from him to get the money. And my question to you would be, so if your boy got 300 mil and uh, your boy get, what, 300 mil and a penny? Is that what we doing? Harper, Harper, <laughs> Harper, Harper not going to be one up, right? Do you think it's a smart move? Like, is he worth that money? And then also, what you think went wrong with Washington? Is he worth the money? Uh, in my personal opinion, no. But... I can see, uh, you know, you get your, you get your, just like you said, popular, popular face on each side of the plate. Plus, you got one Latino, one white. Plus, you're sending Harper back. Uh, he's from out there, so yep. I can see, I can see that that happening and being a big deal, getting fans and and you know in the seats. What happened in Washington? Mm-hmm. I have no idea what happened in Washington. I think all Washington problems, this is me just being extra, but I think all Washington's problems go back to uh, the year when Strasburg was on the pitch count and yeah. they really had a good look at things right there and they had to shut them down. I'm, I'm still like that joint still bothers me. Not that I care about watching one way or the other, but that joint bothers me as a fan or as a person who watches sports and knowing how hard it is to get to that point where you think you have a chance to win it all and to, you know, shut your guy down at that point. I don't know, man. I know it's all looking towards the future, blah, blah, blah. But... I think it all goes back to that. It's all been downhill from there. Like they, they you know, they played well. You know, uh, had good records multiple times since then. But still, I think that to me was a big deal, and really has nothing to do with Bryce Harper, but just the the Washington franchise overall. I'm still coming up there next season. 
Don't get me wrong. When the Dodgers come, we'll oh, be no there. Doubt. But, but, you know, yeah. <laughs> now, I wish I'll be at the ballpark probably two or three times this year, minimum. And not really just to see them, it's just for some of the squads that's coming in, namely the Braves. And I'll probably check out some other squads when they come to Nationals Park. But, yeah, I, th- I think they they made a move, uh, an offer of 300 mil, to my understanding. Their deal was a little bit different because a lot of that money um, was going to be kind of uh, deferred, I guess. Not quite the deal that, that uh, Harper, his camp, was looking for. But you look at that team. The Nationals, even without him, I don't know if you watched anything, and it's kind of early. We haven't quite, you know, quite gotten into baseball season. Cats are out there, you know, doing the spring thing right now. But a lot of uh, baseball analysts that know way more than you and I do are still projecting the Nationals to be a pretty good team, and there's some that still have them contending with the Braves right there for, you know, for the division in the, in the National League East even without Bryce Harper. So, um, and you look at the Phillies. The Phillies only finished two games behind the second-place Nationals last year who were trying to acquire him. So, on the Washington side, now nah, it's probably not worth uh, spending the money. I'm glad they kind of withdrew the offer and moved on. Wait to withdraw, but they've kind of moved on. Um, they still have a chance, I think, especially if their pitching can stay healthy. They can get Strasburg through a whole season. Um, and the rest of those cats, they have a chance to contend for the for the East. And then again, I talked about a player coming in and maybe propelling a team anywhere from you know three to five games. That's a good player. Why I don't know if Bryce is worth three hundred million. With the questions, with his, how he feels, the ball is he a good outfielder and all that? Um, I still would think with that squad, he's good to pop, you know, possibly for another three to five wins um, with that squad, which would probably put them in second place. Um, if we were to go by last year's standards, I should say. So I don't know right. more to come on that, but we're expecting a signing real soon. But, look, let's get to these Steelers, man. The Steelers got issues, hmm. bro. The Steelers got issues over there. First of all, we all know about the A-B drama. Now they're going to decide to let Le'Veon walk. So a lot going on with the Pittsburgh Steelers, a team that's been one of the most stable organizations in football for decades. And I don't know about you, man, but I think we're going to see some big, big changes, not only in the uh, hierarchy, or at least possibly the coaching staff of this team in the next year or two, but also where we, how we look at them, you know, going into a season for the next couple of years, man, because there's some changes coming. A change going to come, whether you like it or not. We've seen over the years changes. Come, guys, guys, come and go, come and go uh, through the organization, and we're like, wait, well, man, well, that's it. Bill's gonna fall out from this, and yet they seem to maintain their status as one of the best teams in the AFC year in and year out. Uh, I, it's been multiple from from defensive players to offensive players that, that we've seen this, but now. My first thought is, oh, but this is different. <laughs> so this is a this is a whole another <laughs> this is a whole another type of loss. Like when you lose the arguably the best running back in the league uh, two seasons ago, and before that, and arguably the best wide receiver in the league from two seasons ago or one season ago, and before that. So 
well, I mentioned the meme. The meme <laughs> was the funniest thing about this whole deal. The joint talking about, man, it would be crazy if if they had Ben Roethlisberger and then Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell on one team. That would be crazy. Crazy. Yeah, but that's what it was, and it still wasn't enough for the people, I guess. I don't know, man. It's it's rough in Pittsburgh, but I think they somehow they will survive. And this will be uh, another feather in Mike Tomlin's cap for the people who, right. for some reason, think he should be fired or in uh, consideration to be fired. Yeah, I, I've always been a Tomlin guy. Um, the guy doesn't lose, doesn't have losing seasons. Um, but you just got to start to wonder when some of the players start to question his ability uh, to uh, deal with certain players and who he likes, who he uh, sides with, what he lets uh, let go, you know, let's go on in the locker room. Um, and then the whole Big Ben saga now, there's a, you know, there's been a player too that's kind of said some things about Big Ben. But the organization, the GM, seem to have his back. They kind of wa- got to watch what they say. Um you know, saying that Ben is a guy and he's got like 52 kids to talk to. You say that and try to uh, clarify your statements later. May or may not go mm-hmm. over well in the locker room with a lot of the, the veterans in the, in the locker room. I, I know they're young, but you got cats that's been around like like Pouncey and Cam Hayward. Not sure how they take to that, but it is what it is. But let's, uh, I know we got one more thing to get to after this, so let's do this. Let's do this. Let's take these two players like this. And I, all I did, Source, I went back and looked at the, as of right now, the five teams, the top five teams in the league with salary cap space and uh, see how they might fit with those five teams if it would come to fruition, even though we may think these cats could end up with other squads. So let's start first with um, A.B., Antonio Brown. The Colts, do you think the Colts are a possibility uh, for A.B., and how would that look? Uh, I'm not too keen on the Colts for AB. Uh, although we know that like Andrew Luck has a you know, strong personality, and I'm sure he's not afraid to let AB know, you know, to to keep him in whatever his place is supposed to be as a receiver and not the leader of the offense. I'm sure mm-hmm. uh, Andrew Luck could handle that that pressure from an, a diva receiver. But I'm not a fan of that idea. I don't know that Hilton and uh, and Brown would be my, my two receivers, two smaller guys, two that go up the field quite a bit, and I'm going to need somebody across that middle. So I don't know. I mean, of course, A.B. can work anywhere, but I'm not big on that one. Yeah, the next one for me is the Jets. I don't like the Jets idea. Now, granted, they could use a, a big-time receiver to help a young Sam Darnold. But then again, Sam Donald is young, and we don't know the effect because we know AB's personality. We don't know the mm-hmm. effect his uh, his his personality would have on a young quarterback like Sam Donald. But the receiving core could use some help. Um, a new one. He started with the splash last year, kind of faded out. Robbie Anderson, when he's on the field and not in trouble, we've seen what he can do. I just don't mm-hmm. like him with the Jets organization. Uh, whatsoever, and that's just mainly because it's still going to be a while before they win, and he states he wants to win. 
And then number two, I, I just can't see him working with a young quarterback like Sam Sam Donald. Man, it just might not be a good uh, a, a, a good a good marriage for the two of them to get together, being that he's so young. Agreed. Um, Bills, what do you think about the Bills? Not a fan. Uh, we've seen more of Josh Allen with his legs than with his arm. Not that he can't throw the rock, but again, the same thing. AB with a young quarterback. Not sure if that's yeah. the route I want to go. If I was him or if I was the team, really. Another young quarterback, number four would be the Browns, and we know the personality of your boy Baker Mayfield. Now, I did fight with this one a little bit, and, and the reason I say that is I understand the argument that you and I both share about them <laughs> putting him with a young quarterback. For some reason, with Baker, feels a little different for me, especially if you got a good support uh, of coaches or good coaching staff to kind of help trying to keep some egos in check. I'm sure Antonio would like nothing more to stick it to Pittsburgh and have a chance to do that twice a year. And you pair him with a Jarvis Landry, who all he does is catch passes. Jarvis may never score a touchdown in a game, but a catch it 10, 12 passes a week. But, hey, it, it is what it is. He, he, he gets busy. And then you got a tight end like Ojoku, who's very underrated, who, in my opinion, is, is flirting around top five in the game. This might be, for me, the one team that I might say, ah, young quarterback, but I might roll the dice. Actually, uh, I'd say, oh, oh, that's different. That was my first thought when you said uh, <laughs> Browns and we talked about young. I was like, oh, oh, that's different. But there's one more uh, young quarterback, and it might be the team that you're going to mention. So um, let's wait and see. It's probably not because, well, he's not as young as these other guys. But the fifth, number five, when we're looking at cap space, would actually be John Brood's Raiders. And if you look oh. at them, they can, they can use a boost. They can use a boost. You got Jordan Nelson there. Uh, we don't know how much he's got left in the tank, but he has a couple of good weeks last year. But if you really look at it, the best receiver on their team is the tight end and Jerry Cook. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I could see it. Yeah, I could see you it. Have in mind? But I wouldn't want to be it. Who you have in mind? Oh, well, my, I mean, I thought you were going to say. And I don't, I don't know their financial situation, but I thought you were going to say uh, the Texans. I'm sure you'll mention the Texans in a minute anyway. And, of course, everybody's talking. Well, not everybody, but it's been mentioned, the Eagles just in general. And actually Wentz is a young quarterback when you think about it. But that I guess it's going second to third year as opposed to, to first to second year is kind of different. Yeah, true indeed. True indeed. I think, um, yeah, I, I thought about the Texans, especially with the issue uh, with them letting um, Demarius Thomas go, um, pair, and you pairing him over there with the Hopkins. I did think about that. Uh, but the team that seemed to be on everybody's mind really was, was the Packers. And right. we heard uh, cats in the group, namely Brandon Fisher, uh, saying, uh, yeah, no, no, don't spend all that money. Yeah, no, go get us a DB. But I just think that would be deadly. I'm telling you, for uh, for teams that have to face with Aaron Rodgers giving him the rock, the only question – there's not a question about the atmosphere. It's not about, you know, because they get busy in Lambeau. They get busy in, in Pittsburgh if you ever been there. I've been there. Um, they get live there with the terrible towers. Two dominant personalities, though. A lot of players – it's no secret that players don't like or not uh, very fond of Aaron Rodgers that play with him as far as his personality. 
So I'm wondering if those two dominant personalities could work together. But to be honest with you, if you put him on the field with that, what we think may be an up-and-coming running game, we saw what we got from Jones last year, on Devontae Adams is the best receiver that nobody really talks about the way that they should, in my opinion, and you put him on the other side, I don't think there is a defense in the National Football League who would want to see that. I agree. I agree. All right, so real quick, um, so we got yeah, we got about eight minutes. So real quick, um, let's run down. Uh, that's the same five teams. I'm gonna run them down. Uh, give you a quick assessment of what I think, and then uh, if you want to chime in after that as well, um, Le'Veon Bell, right? Uh, we got Le'Veon mm-hmm. Bell. We go back to Le'Veon and the Colts. Uh, we talked about in our podcast before, bro. My thoughts on it is with the Colts is that they kind of like Mac. But I think Le'Veon could be dangerous if they were to bring him there. How much do they like Mac? The Jets seems to be a lot of people's rumored favorites. They need a running back. Why not? They can make it happen. It's just that I, he ain't gonna be winning no time soon. The Bills' offensive line stinks. And but we gotta look at how much does your boy Shady have left in the tank. You know he's good to miss three or four games a year. Do they keep Shady McCoy at this point? A lot of people think that he may not be Buffalo Bill next year. So you got that. The Browns, no. We saw the move they just made for Kareem Hunt, as well as they've got Chubb. They're probably not even going to have Hunt this season for at least six to 12 games uh, when the suspension comes down. So I don't even think they're in the the, uh, question. Then, of course, the Raiders. Yeah, I can see them with the Raiders as well. They got the money. Um, they could use a boost in that running game. Uh, Doug Martin is not the answer. Rashad is not the answer, even though they did have some good games. So, uh, what you think? Uh, you said it. You said it. I'm with you on every one. Yeah. I, I, I just say, so it's the only team I can think of, and I mentioned this before, and I'll say it again for the last time, even though I think that's out on this list, I think the Bucks. now don't get me wrong, I think the Bucks will make a play for them. I think it makes sense for the Bucks to make a play for him. But if you have to ask me, he would be the only player that's a free agent out there if that if I'm the Kansas City Chiefs, I would consider signing him. That's the only offensive player if I'm the Chiefs I would consider signing. Um, they have to go all defense. But, man, I'm telling you right now, I can see the 18 – to 2,000 yard all purpose season easily in some kind of way he slid in with the Kansas City Chiefs. Man, I hadn't even thought of that. That's scary. Yeah, I mean, they're going to need a running back. I know they gave Williams that loop, but I mean, hey, they've been known to use more than one running back. That, that, that loop that they gave Williams, hey, that's pretty good money, especially for a, uh, a backup. <laughs> you put, put Le'Veon over there. Problems. Indeed. But yeah, man. Yeah, man. So those were the, the most hidden uh, sports topics of the week, man. So I think we covered those pretty well. But I do know you want to mention, and I and I love that you brought it up. Something about one of a group that you and I love uh, that just celebrated a uh, anniversary um, of a, um, a masterpiece album, if you would, um, this past week. Yeah, the Roots. Uh, one of my favorite groups, the Roots, Black Thought Quest, Love, celebrating. The 20th anniversary of Things Fall Apart that dropped in 1999. I think it was February 23rd, 1999. Uh, in, I know it was February 1999. So 
20 years since things fall apart, which is crazy. In the SVP group, I dropped uh, some words from Ninth Wonder as he was speaking about how that album had an effect on his life. And he happened to mention one of my favorite songs of all time, which is Act Two, Act Love two. Of My Life. Mm-hmm. Like, that yeah. is one of my favorite songs ever in hip-hop history. So definitely wanted to big up the roots and their uh, 20-year anniversary of Things Fall Apart. And also, if you don't listen to Quest Love Supreme, like, after you listen to this podcast, that should be the next thing you listen to. All of them. All the Quest Love Supreme podcasts that are on Pandora, listen to them. They're, they're great. Trust me. No doubt. Great album. I would say so, too. That uh, Act 2 is, is one of my... It's probably... It's probably my favorite Roots track, I would guess. It's a couple I could think of, but maybe my favorite Roots track um, of all time, of all of them. And then, um, only I've had a couple other things that I like. I did like Adrenaline. Not my one of my all-time favorites, but I like Adrenaline. Um, you got me. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Dope album. Hard to believe it's been 20 years. Matter of fact, I got some ripping and running to do today before I come back and chill out, so... I do believe I will be slamming that in the whip up and down my streets and my travels today, man. Um, Certified dope. And that's all we got, people. Um, Once again, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, that you can join us on Facebook. Please do that. The Sports Bar Podcast. You listen to the SBP, sports, hip-hop, whatever we feel like talking about, we're going to do it. As always, I'm your boy Prime. You can catch me on social media, um, which would be uh, my Instagram as well as my Twitter at Prime SBK Source. What up? On Twitter at Smitty Source, Instagram Source underscore Skoshka E S H K O S H K A. Website is Skoshka dot com, and the fact that we didn't mention Bob Kraft is a good thing. <laughs> I tried to steer clear of that for a lot of reasons, but um, I just got a feeling at some point in the coming months, we're going to have to at least mention it because some things will go down, but I, <laughs> but I but I steer clear of it on purpose, so it is what it is. The internet got Understood. it. Y'all can find everything you need on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, <laughs> we proud that we saw it. SVP, y'all, out of here. Hashtag free justice. I'm just playing. Ha <laughs> ha.